the Bible Study Podcast, episode 734. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues the study of the book of Hosea with chapter 5. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. We get more judgment today, and this is a theme we should get used to here in the Minor Prophets, especially in Hosea, Judgment Against Israel. Hear this, you priests. Pay attention, you Israelites. Listen, royal house. This judgment is against you. You have been a snare at Mizpah, a net spread out on Tabor. The rebels are knee-deep in slaughter. I will discipline all of them. I know all about Ephraim. Israel is not hidden from me. Ephraim, you have now turned to prostitution. Israel is corrupt. Their deeds do not permit them to return to their God. A spirit of prostitution is in their heart. They do not acknowledge the Lord. Israel's arrogance testifies against them. The Israelites, even Ephraim, stumble in their sin. Judah also stumbles with them. When they go with their flocks and herds to seek the Lord, they will not find him. He has withdrawn himself from them. They are unfaithful to the Lord. They give birth to illegitimate children. When they celebrate their new moon feasts, he will devour their fields. Sound the trumpet in Gibeah, the horn in Ramah. Raise the battle cry in Beth-Aven. Lead on Benjamin. Ephraim will be laid waste on the day of reckoning. Among the tribes of Israel, I, I proclaim what is certain. Judah's leaders are like those who move boundary stones. I will pour out my wrath on them like a flood of water. Ephraim is oppressed, trampled in judgment, intent on pursuing idols. I am like a moth to Ephraim, like rot to the people of Judah. When Ephraim saw his sickness and Judah his sores, then Ephraim turned to Assyria and sent to the great king for help. But he is not able to cure you, not able to heal your sores. For I will be like a lion to Ephraim, like a great lion to Judah. I will tear them to pieces and go away. I will carry them off and no one will rescue them. I will return to my lair until they have borne their guilt and seek my face. In their, mis- in their misery, they will earnestly seek me. Okay, not good news today. And again, we're going to get more of this because Israel is not going to repent. And so God is going to continue to send prophets like Hosea to try and call them to repentance. Let's unpack this a little bit. So here you priests, pay attention to Israelites, listen to your royal house. So he's talking to the priests, he's talking to the people, and he's talking to the kings of Israel. And I said last week, for instance, that the kings started this problem of drawing the people away, but at this point, it's not just the kings. Really, that explains maybe the first generation, but then after that, all the people, and we said how many priests were priests that were leading the people astray instead of leading the people toward God. Towards God, They were priests of Asherah or of Baal or some of the Canaanite gods. And so God is going to discipline them for their unfaithfulness. And again, we get this. It says, I know all about Ephraim. Israel is not hidden from me. And to the same way that we will sometimes call the southern kingdom Judah, we will often call the northern kingdom either Israel or Ephraim. That will be the land that represents the people of the northern kingdom. And so when we see Israel or Ephraim, same thing. In northern kingdom, Israel is corrupt. Is Ephraim, you have turned to prostitution. That same theme that keeps coming up here since the beginning of the book. And says, your deeds do not permit them to return to their God. Spirit of prostitution in their hearts, they do not acknowledge the Lord. Again, the same theme here. You've turned away from God 
and your deeds do not permit them to return to the God, I think that's actually that their deeds are pushing them away from God. Their arrogance testifies against them. Israelites, Ephraim, stumble in their sin. And then even Judah stumbles with them, as we talked about last week. They're dragging in their southern brethren from the southern kingdom because they have this continuous association between the northern and southern kingdoms. They're still intermarrying. They're still trading. And so the sin of the one is affecting the other. So they will go with their flocks and herds to seek the Lord. They won't find him. So God is going to withdraw himself from them. They're not going to be able to find him when they seek him because they're not really seeking him. They're seeking other gods, really. They're unfaithful to the Lord. They give birth to illegitimate children. When they celebrate their new moon festivals, he will devour the fields. So they're going to go off in celebration. And meantime, locusts or something is going to come and, and devour the fields. So bad things are going to happen here. And then the sound the horn in Gibeah, the horn in Ramah, raise the battle cry. So now, now war is going to come, it sounds like. Ephraim will be laid waste on the day of reckoning. These things are going to happen, and these things did happen to the northern kingdom. And it's interesting that later on he says they turned to Assyria. Well, Assyria is going to be the ones who are going to take them away. And so as they turn to Assyria for help, eventually that will lead to their downfall, where Assyria will take away the northern tribes and they will never be seen again. So they're, they're oppressed, trampled in judgment, intent on pursuing idols. I am like a moth to Ephraim, like rot to the people of Judah. And that's, and it's useful for us to understand what that is. So remember, at this time, you didn't just get on Amazon and order new clothes. Um, clothes were expensive because nothing was made industrially, right? Everything was made by hand. There were no sewing machines even, and let alone any looms, things like that. So if you wanted to make clothes, someone had to take the wool, they had to spin the wool, then you had to you know, weave the wool, and then you had to sew the fabric together. So clothes were much more expensive, and you had you know, one or two different robes and things like that. And so they're part, literally, of what you would pass on to your children. And so a moth in this time is destroying your wealth. It's not just destroying your clothes, it's destroying your wealth. And rot would be the other thing that, you know, if you're a if you're a nation that is surviving on grain predominantly, then rot is one of the things that's going to damage and take the grain away and make it unusable. And so God says, I'm going to take away some of the things that you have until you listen to me, basically, as as we get to in the end of this. Even with that, it says, when Ephraim saw his sickness and Judah his sores... Then Ephraim will turn to Assyria. So you'll see your afflictions. You'll see these things that I am sending to you, but you won't turn to me. You'll turn to someone else. You'll try and turn, in this case, to Assyria. But he is not able to cure you. He is not able to heal your sores. So when you have bad things going on to you, like are going on to the people of Israel at this point, or will go on to the people of Israel, he's saying, these won't stop until you turn to me until you turn to God. And he says it's going to be like a line. He's going to tear them, tear them pieces and carry them off. Well, I think this is literally God foretelling through the prophet Hosea that he will be carrying off Israel. He's going to tear them to pieces and, and go away. I will carry them off and no one will rescue them. This is one of those places where he is telling them exactly what is going to happen to them. 
But it does end as almost all of these end with a little bit of hope here that then I will return to my lair until they have borne their guilt and seek my face in their misery. They will earnestly seek me. I'm reminded of the story of the guy who is trapped in a tower and there's no way down and he needs the help of someone and he has two gold pieces. And so he sees somebody walking by and he throws a gold piece to them thinking he'll get their attention but instead they see this gold piece they look around and they take it and run away because now they have a gold piece and then the same thing happens with the second one and he doesn't have any more gold pieces to try and get somebody's attention and so someone comes by and he throws a little rock and hits him in the head and the guy looks up to see who's thrown a rock at him this is somewhat what's going on with god god has blessed them and they have not paid attention and so god now is saying you know we've used enough carrot now we're going to use stick Basically, I'm going to get your attention, and at some point, you're going to earnestly seek me. And that will happen to Judah, because Judah is going to come in and out of faithfulness during this time period. They will have a good king, and they will be faithful, and then they'll have a bad king, and they'll fall right back into worshiping other gods. But what will happen is they will be carried off into the Babylonian captivity, and those who are that remnant who God will preserve become a very different people. We don't see, for instance, the Jewish people at this day or any day between the Babylonian captivity and now falling into this worship of other gods, worshiping the gods of their neighbors. In fact, they are very consistent with their faith and have been now for centuries, for millennia. And it somewhat goes back to this time period here where they are finally taken away, like the lion will take away like he's saying, a lion will take them away and tear them to pieces and carry them off. It happens to Israel and then it happens to Judah. But Judah then at that point does earnestly seek their face. And the Judah that we see in the time period of the New Testament, for instance, is very, very different temperamentally from the time period that we see here in Hosea. If anything, they get too religious at times in the sense that they get caught up in the laws and things like that rather than the spirit of what God is trying to say. And so they're so concerned that this never happened to them again, that they'd never again be carried off, for instance, that they never again lose their country, which, of course, they will over time. But they're so concerned with that that they become very religious in many cases. And so this will make a difference for one, one of the two kingdoms, but not for the other. And I think with that, we have to say is how do we respond when things go well and how do we respond when things don't go well? Do we turn to God and say, you know, are you are you still there or am I still where I need to be? And I think that's the response that God is looking for them here to at least look up, at least look up and ask the question, am I doing what I should be doing? Am I in the place that I should be? With that, we're going to end this episode of the Bible Study Podcast. If you have any questions, send an email to host at thebiblestudypodcast.com or better yet, leave a comment on this episode at thebiblestudypodcast.com. And thanks so much for listening. Hey everybody, I'm Dale. And I'm Tamara. We're hosts of the Kainos Project podcast. Where we help you tackle ancient Christian truths in everyday settings. To learn more and subscribe, go to lifeaudio.com.